Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 204 for Slamfire Radio for May the 5th, 2017, and we're recording it on May the 4th, so may the 4th be with everybody! And so today, I guess, would technically be Revenge of the 5th? Yeah! Yeah, that's right. Recorded on May the 4th, be with you, coming out on the more important, better day, Revenge of the 5th. Well, guess what I'm seeing tomorrow, but it has nothing to do with Star Wars? No! Guardians of the Galaxy number (gasps) 2! That's right, it comes out tomorrow. See, Yay. I didn't think the first one was all that great. Okay, we oh, can't be friends man. anymore. No, Seriously, Matthew, we're done. you're coming to see it tomorrow with Christina and I if you make it here. <gasps> really? Like, I mean, I'm okay really... with it. It's not that I thought it was a bad movie. It's just I didn't really get it. Like, it was, well, what, what was this raccoon yeah. floating around okay, doing like... See, first of all, you have to understand the backstory of the Marvel Universe. See, if oh, you're I not don't. a Marvel guy, then yeah. See, yeah. yeah. Ah, so that, yeah. that's my problem. I'm not That's a your problem. Guy. Uh, it has a, it has its place in the Marvel universe, okay. and uh, until I went and found out what that place was, at first I was like, "This is way whack." For Marvel. Yeah, there's a guy. There's but there's some not. tree saying that he's Groot all the time. That's I mean, I'm okay. Groot. Yeah, I'm Groot. It's yeah, but he actually is Groot. But yeah, he he's doesn't. talking to you, man. You're just not listening. Uh, apparently. Uh, anyway, weird. It was a good show. I mean, I liked I liked watching it. It was it was interesting. It's just it didn't I I, I didn't think it was I just didn't get it. Yeah, that's it. You had to be a Marvel guy or fan or girl or whatever. Is it Marvel? It is Marvel, isn't it? Of course it's Marvel. It's Marvelous. DC ain't putting on nothing like that. No, it is Marvel. It is Marvel Comics. Now, if you're a DC fan, I get it, the whole Wonder Woman thing, but DC is a lesser lesser product. I'm sorry. Well, hey, you know what? I am Wonder Woman. Also, I am Gamora. Seriously. All right. Hello, listeners. I'm Kelly, also known as Gamora. And I'm Who's Sodom? <laughs> Sodom oh. and Gomorrah? Uh, no. no, not that one? Uh, no. That didn't oh. go well. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> is By the time this show is over, I'm going to feel like Job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, Adriel. I guess I'm. Adriel's not here. Yeah. He's not here, man. He's on assignment. He is yeah. on assignment. Yeah. If, he actually if, is on assignment. He, just not for the show at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if he had, if if we sent him out to do a review of a modular home, then he'd be on an assignment for totally us. Totally on a slam fire assignment, but yeah, but uh, he's not. So he's he's slacking off, putting yeah. work first, I guess. Whatever. Gosh. What's next, family? I know, yes. right? When is he going to learn? I don't know. <laughs> Bolivar was just whining about having kids on his show and how they get in the way of shooting. Like Bolivar, you shouldn't have had him if you didn't want to take care of him. That's it. Yep. You can't I've just been doing take... a lot more shows lately. Finally. Anyway, <laughs> that's not very All Canadian, right. eh? <laughs> no, it isn't. And we probably should get going with what we did in Gun, shouldn't we? Hey, I you're guess. the lead host, man. Okay. You either we sink or swim. It's up to you. What we, we did win guns. as a team and we fail as a team on Kelly's watch. 
<laughs> Pretty much that's true. Okay, so what we did in Guns This Week was brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. The Calgary Shooting Center is hosting a Dynamic Pistol 2 course on May the 13th and 14th. It's in a couple weeks. If you've missed the Dynamic Pistol 1 course, there's another class that's coming up on June 3rd and June 4th. So call cool. them up. Matthew? What? Please tell me that you did actually do something. This I week. did. Yay! I went shooting this afternoon, actually. Good for I, you. I, it was a typical McClatchy shoot. I just went out with a twenty-two in my local Missed fun. stuff? What? Uh, McCl- well, you, when you said McClatchy shoot, I No, see, see, here's the thing. McClatchy shot doesn't mean that I missed. It means it was a warning shot. I was intentionally and, aimed. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And right, an intentionally no, aimed warning shot. Yeah. Whenever I, just, I... Yeah. No, I don't yeah. miss very often, which was the case today either. And I haven't shot for a little while. And I was just... I just took my uh, my Marlin out, the papoose with iron sights. And I was actually practicing my apple seed stuff with the sling cool. and stance and trying to find my natural point of aim and all that stuff. Doing Focusing on my breathing and my trigger press and all that. I'm sure I'm doing some stuff wrong, especially when it comes to the sling because we were taught that so quickly. It was sort of an impromptu course. But, you know, I, I, I remembered what I could, and I put into practice what I could. And it it does help. I mean, standing up, I was making, oh, gosh, I don't know, 200-yard shots on, like, mm. fist-sized rocks across the gravel pit, the, across the rock quarry. So, like, it was it was fairly consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a good shot. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm a good shot when I'm out by myself having fun when there's no pressure. Add some pressure, and I'm the opposite of Trevor. You put pressure on Trevor, and he focuses in, and he becomes a laser beam. You put pressure on me, and I crumble like a sugar cube. So that melt? I, That's because you're sweet. That's because oh, I'm sweet. See what see? you did there. You set it right up. I know. I was looking that's for that. Awesome. I needed a boost in the confidence department, so yeah, we, that was awesome. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I didn't burn off even a whole lot of rounds, but the ones that I did burn off, they were they were fun. They were... I was hitting what I wanted to hit. I, it, I felt like I couldn't miss today, so I was I was shooting all kinds of fun stuff. But Good for uh, you. yeah, that was that was basically it. I didn't do a whole lot. Just uh, just out shooting the twenty two, having some fun, getting you know getting out and shooting the way I should be. Just having fun. It doesn't have to be anything special. I didn't have to go to an event or anything. I just got out and enjoyed my firearm. That's cool because you know what? When we met, that's pretty much the only shooting you used to do. Yeah, hunting, hunting, and. And a whole lot of recreational plinking for fun. Yep, and, and that's that- what that's what I enjoy. That's what I like doing. I like gr- tossing the the rifle in the truck and finding some old logging trails and just seeing where they go. And if I find a cool spot where I can shoot, get out and shoot for a while. I miss that. Yeah, you should do that more often. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, depending on how things go, I'm either going to do it a whole lot more or a whole lot less. Uh, we'll we'll see what the future holds. All right. Well, speaking of the future. Um, I don't, in the future, we're going to hear about what you did in guns, and so I guess it's your and turn. The, I mean, that was the, a pretty lame segue. That was the future terrible. is na- the future is now. Oh, there you uh. go. You saved it. Yeah, I know, right? All right, continue. So I sent in my nomination for the director's position for the CCFR for the province of New Brunswick, and yes. uh, thank you, Kelly. You're welcome. I, I second it. Kelly seconded my nomination form. Her and uh, and the other Tracy. one there. Uh, yeah, Tracy. <laughs> other one what's your face you know the, the, the girl from the ccfr <laughs> yeah she's gonna kick my butt anyway yeah pretty much yeah so and then i had the cerakote crisis so my tac 21 um it was scratched when it was being worked on and it wasn't a big deal and it was repaired and everything but i'm not right in the head and i'm like i can't 
I need to have it perfect, so why don't I get it stripped and Cerakoted? So, and the barrel on the TAC-21, when I got it from North Shore Barrels in Ontario, he just, like, Kryloned it. It looked like cheap spray paint, so it wasn't, it was a stainless barrel, so he just spray painted it black, and of course it was coming off. Cerakote wasn't really a thing back then, though, not in Canada. And uh, because I built that gun, holy geez, way back when I was on the CRR. And uh, yeah, I, anyway, I remember. I remember when you. Uh, yeah, I remember that whole process. Yeah, that was like when Tac Twenty Ones first hit the. the yep. It's like a Gen One Tac Twenty One chassis. So, anyway, um, I had my gunsmith Cerakote the chassis white, and it kind of didn't come out very good. So he's like, I, 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 I got it ready. Because we were going to take it to Promotion Plus. So he's like, here it is. It's good enough for Promotion Plus, but it's not good enough for me to hand over to you. I know you wouldn't be satisfied with this job. I'm not satisfied with this job. So I'm going to redo it after the show. So I get to the show, and he's got this really cool... It's a Mauser action that he rebarreled in 22-250, and he Cerakoted the action, the bolt, and the barrel in... The um, Cerakote has an elite line of colors, and one of the colors is called Smoke, and it looks like Parkerized. If standing from a foot away, you think this is a Parkerized firearm, not a painted Cerakoted firearm. So I'm like, that's what I want. Strip my strip my TAC-21 and do the whole thing over in this Smoke color because it looks Parkerized. So he's going to do the barrel uh, in that color, even though he Parkerized the uh, receiver, He's going to strip the receiver and then Cerakote it in smoke. So the barrel, the receiver, and the chassis, and the Magpul PRS stock are all going to be um, done in this quote-unquote smoke color. So the whole thing looks kind of uh, a parkerized. Uh, it's it's not black. It's a, well, it's called smoke. So picture like a grayish black kind of thing. So it should look kind of cool when it's done. Uh, and I went to, so I had a busy weekend. I did promotion plus last weekend which is the trade and convention show in my area that a gun club put the booth in every year so i helped get ready for that and then i attended it on a couple of nights as well as the atlantic canadian indoor archery championships there was a 3d on saturday and the target on sunday so i skipped the target and went back to the promotion plus so uh shot the 3d i think i finished in fourth or fifth i'm not really sure i had a yeah, well, yeah. See, because we, if you ain't first, you're last, right? So you don't even yeah. care what what place you came in, because it wasn't first. So I don't care. Dang it! Right. So Kelly and yeah. I are talking. So just let us finish. <laughs> um, so the thing is, Kelly, normally all of our indoor shoots are thirty yards, and they actually yes. rented the ice surface at oh, the cool. yeah at the um, where the um, Quebec Maybe. Manager Junior team plays in, yeah. in in Bathurst. So we had, I think, we stretched it out to forty two yards. But it was such a long day because there were so many shooters. Like when I got there at nine o'clock, the first line should have been scoring their first end, and they were still registering people. Wow. So yeah. Um, so how many people overall? Oh, well over a hundred. Oh, you placed yeah. fourth or fifth? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't a hundred in my category. There's probably like thirty in my category, twenty twenty-ish. Yeah. So my first round was rough. Out of two twenty, I had a one ninety-four, and then in the afternoon, I scored. Four eleven, like the scoring system goes eleven, ten, eight, five. So I had four elevens in a row, and then four tens in a row, and then I dropped an eight. When I got to about halfway through the course, I was twelve points up from where I was this morning, and the I I, I posted one picture from the whole tournament. First I round, I saw that. It was yeah, perfect. Right, and that was um, 
that was animal number one. So I had four left to go, five left to go after shooting that one to finish the end. And that was a 42-yard shot. I smoked him right in the 11 ring. That same animal in the second round, I don't know if I made a bad shot. If I didn't adjust the site correctly, if I didn't judge the distance, I was way high. I was almost in his neck. I was so high. I was up above his shoulder blades. So I ended up with a five. So I scored a five and still managed to bring my score up from a 194 to a 204. And everybody who won was like 204, 206, right in that area. So if I could have only done better in the morning, could have, should have, would have, whatever. I didn't practice, so I got out of it what I put into it. I had a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Uh, and then I brought my Matador Arms SKS back to Denny because um, I'm going to... I, I realized that a, an SKS barrel is not 18 and a half inches. It's 20 inches. So he's going to chop it down to 18 and a half inches, recrown it, rethread it for the Matador Arms hammerhead brake, put the brake back on, and then parkerize the whole thing so it matches the anodizing of the Matador Arms Sabretooth Mark II chassis. And so that'll all look cool. Plus, he's going to Cerakote the bolt because the bolt on an SKS is like a stainless steel color. So I don't want an all-black gun with this shiny bolt, which is a dead giveaway that's an SKS. Not that I want to hide the fact that it's an SKS, but I'm making everything look, you know, modern and up-to-date on it, cutting the barrel and threading it, taking off the front sight, putting on a muzzle brake, and then have this big shiny bolt handle sticking out the side. So he's going to Cerakote that uh, in black or smoke, whatever. And Matador Arms, huge shout out to them. They said they're going to complete my build by sending me a uh, magazine release. So they got a new magazine release coming on nice. the market. So, yeah. And it's, it bolts onto the front of the trigger guard so you can reach it with your trigger finger. And it functions like an, a, like an AR. So I'll have uh, like a 100% Matador Arms build for this thing. So, And the gun, the gun is accurate to shooter. So I'm looking forward to getting it back out there and sighting it in with that scope and stuff. And it, it should be good. I'm actually toying with the idea of running it in the uh, Ragnarok, Ragnarok tactical class, but I don't think Andrew will let me. I, but uh, you know, I don't know if he listens, so let's let's hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and pull it out of the case and walk up to the line and see what he says. <laughs> well, of course, I'll have an AR. Well, with you me. are supposed to be shooting an SKS at the charity shoot, so you will That's, have it with you, right? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Sure, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um last couple of days I've been loading up some match ammo because um there's a match on Sunday and I'm gonna use this match as an opportunity to um make make the match part of the review of the Grand Power Q one hundred. So I'll give a complete review after the um after the match about how it performs. But in the meantime, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the gun itself and my initial observations. So um, the Grand Power Q100, like most of their guns, does have a steel frame wrapped in polymer. So unlike the M&P or the SR9 or the Glock that just have a completely um, polymer frame, this is actually a steel frame wrapped in polymer. So you don't have that top-heavy feel like you do with all the other polymer striker guns. So it's very well balanced in your hand. Um the slide also runs along uh, um, steel rails that are long. They're not on four corners like the Glock, so they're like, I don't know, I'll call them full-length steel rails. They go pretty much from the front of the trigger guard to the back of the frame, so that offers a lot of stability and uh, nice and smooth, a lot of support there for the slide. 
Um, what else? It has a low parts count as well, which is nice because some of the other polymer striker-fired guns on the market have a high high parts count, which always concerns me because obviously the more parts there are, the more things there are to break, so it has a low parts count. It also has a steel guide rod, so that helps balance the front of the gun and add a little bit extra weight to absorb from recoil. Um, <laughs> it comes with uh, two nice magazines. They're a blued finish, dimpled in the back, 10 round, of course. Plastic base plates, they remind you of a lot of like a, a, a factory CZ mag. Um, I also have a red follower. I like red followers on a mag because when the gl- when the gun locks back, you can look inside the uh, ejection port. Yeah, yeah, right away it sticks out at you like a like a red flag. So, and did the gun comes. Yes. I was just gonna say, did you try different uh, different brands of ammo on it? I haven't fired it yet. Oh, you haven't fired it yet. Okay. No. No, I, haven't. I, I was getting. I was still in archery mode when it arrived, so mm. uh, I'm going to the range tomorrow, hopefully with Matthew, and then uh, shooting it in a match on Sunday. So that'll be my first impressions tomorrow, and then uh, see how it performs in the match on Sunday. So you're going to shoot it in a match? Yeah, well, that's for me. That's the best way to test a gun, right? Standing oh. on a on a static line and just planking with it, it's very easy to you know line the sights up and stuff like that. But if I want to see if a gun points naturally, I need to point with it mm. while running or coming in and out of a shooting position, stuff like that. Well, and, true, but you're also using it a, a unknown gun mm-hmm. in a competition. It's not the Olympics. Like it's a weekend match <laughs> in the Miramichi. It's going to be okay. Okay. So if it was a provincials or something, you, come on. Are you Trevor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, forever? listen. I, I'm going to win anyway. Uh, oh. <laughs> Matthew? Matthew's not coming to play with me. He's going home. Oh. Okay. I think he's also offended because I said, when he made his archery joke, I said, Kelly and I are talking. So he went to hang out with Jewel or whatever. He's going to come back when I'm done. He set an alarm for 20 minutes or something. Like, no, um, 45 minutes. 40, be reasonable 40, here. Gave you a timeout. <laughs> uh, what else can I say about this real quick? Uh, four back straps. They are uh, a challenge to get on and off, which means they're never going to come off when you don't want them to. Um, and so small, medium, large, and like extra large with a uh, kind of a beaver tail built in. Uh, that's the one that's the most comfortable for me, but unfortunately the one that makes it the most difficult for me to reach the magazine release because this is a carry gun, so none of the controls are exactly uh, large and extended. But speaking of controls, they are all ambidextrous, not reversible, ambidextrous, right out of the box. So it has a built-in ambidextrous magazine release and slide release. Some guns don't have both. A lot of guns will have an ambidextrous. Like take, for example, the SR9. It had an ambi mega release, but not an ambi um, slide lock. So this is full ambi on everything. right? Even the sights are ambidextrous. It's really cool. Um, Front and rear cocking serrations. And a... um, cocked indicator not a loaded chamber indicator but a cocked indicator so if you if you caught co- if you cycle the slide on the gun you have no way of knowing that there's a round in the chamber but you do know that it's cocked and it is both visual and tactile um but i mean it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a round in the chamber so it's a, it's a little if they're intending it to be a loaded chamber indicator it's it's, it's well not. it just ain't yeah <laughs> it's nice to know that it's cocked um, but you treat all guns as if they're loaded anyway, so yeah, or you're supposed to. Um, so that's all I got for now. I will uh, I will run it on the weekend. Run it tomorrow because I'm gonna go into the range to chronograph some ammunition. This 125 grain uh, experimental target ammo with Campro or with uh, tight group powder that I load up tonight, I believe is going to be my match ammo for the year because uh, 
I'm out of 147, and I have 4,125 grain. So it looks like that's going to be my match ammo for the summer. <laughs> Unless it's, like, horrific or something, then uh, I'll I'll get in some of X-Men Targets came up with a new 147 grain bullet that is um, round nose, not truncated. So I'm looking forward to trying some of that. Actually, I forgot to put this in the show notes, but I am, I've got one more thing to talk about. I'm holding my new Highlander Tactical Odin. It's a... Um, a uh, Kydex. Yes, thank you. But I think it's the, what is it, the pancake holster? Some yeah, people there. Yeah. So it's a pancake holster and uh, all Kydex, cool belt loops, uh, adjustable. You can bring it up or down um, to make it sit higher or lower in your body. Uh, the tension can is adjustable as well. It's got some rubber grommets in there that you can increase the tension on. Uh, I liked the tension on it right out of the package. I put it on and put my gun in it and almost walked outside twice with my gun in my holster. I wore it for like two hours around the house while having supper and stuff and sat down on the couch with it and everything. Super comfortable. You just forget that the gun is there. So that's, that's kind of what I like. So yeah, Highlander tactical. He was doing a promotion with CCFR. Um, all CCFR members got, I forget what the discount was. So that was finally the, the carrot that got me to buy one. I wanted one for a while. It just never got around to doing it. I'm glad I did. Now I want one for my 1911. So, yeah. Eh. All right. That's it for me. Kelly, that, what about that's you? That's it for you? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, mine's not very long as well. So I went to the range. As on, well? As well. Oh, no, compared Matthews, to Matthews. Matthews like, compared, was yep. short. Yeah. Compared to Matthews, yeah. So, but then compared, we had yeah. the novella that was in the middle. <laughs> novella. It's <laughs> a cute word. <laughs> <laughs> and there's me. <sighs> yeah. So Saturday we went to... Uh, Frontenac and helped do a range cleanup day. It was a beautiful day. It was like, I don't know, 20, 25 degrees. Uh, there was about 50 people at the range. It was the biggest number they've ever had there. And they had families there. They had, there was one couple that brought their dog. It was, it's Whoa, the clean- why, Who brings a dog to a gun range? It was awesome. The dog was riding around in a three-wheeler, or not a three-wheeler, or a quad and sitting in the back. And, and it was, it was, um, yeah, it was like families were there. We had a barbecue. It's the cleanest the range has ever been. We put up uh, oh, all kinds. Oh, you weren't of... shooting. No, 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 no. Nobody's okay. allowed to shoot. It's range cleanup day. Right. I missed that part. I'm like, that's why yeah. I freaked out when you said somebody brought their dog. Oh yeah. Well, there's always the fox that's in one of the ranges too. So yeah. Well, he's that's his problem. He, cho- he chooses to live there. <laughs> don't submit. You don't subject your pets to unnecessary gunfire for nothing. We had Muffin and I were at the range a few weeks ago. And these guys show up, they're like, can we shoot? We're like, yeah, you can shoot. And they were asking some questions, and I'm starting to think that they weren't members. So then he comes back and goes, can we bring our dog in here? No. I was like, red flag. Uh, you a member? I said, no. Well, uh, no, you can't bring your dog in here. And Or first it was like, no, you can't bring your dog in here. Think about your poor dog's ears. They have sensitive hearing. We're, we're trapped inside this little building wearing hearing protection. You want to bring your dog in here? Wait a second. Are you a member? No. Pound sand, pal. Uh-huh. I bring my dog in here. Well, I thought you were listening to me because I was listening nicely to you when you were talking. I was most- That's a burn. Someone get some <laughs> aloe vera over here for that burn. That was good. Oh, yeah. I feel vindicated. Right, I knew carry- you were at... Yeah, carry on, so Kelly. Shut sh- 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 No. Right. No, I wasn't at South Frontenac. I was at Frontenac Range. Then I went in the afternoon to... to Again, the, the listening skills are great with this one. <laughs> What's that? 
Oh, I'm not repeating it. <laughs> I don't know why it takes Kelly so long to get through her segment. All right. So you're at SFRC, and there was a seeing-eye dog there. Carry on. Yes. No, there wasn't a seeing-eye dog, but I was at SFRC in the afternoon, and Ryan, I just wanted to give him a shout-out because uh, they've come on board as a sponsor for Project Maple Seed. So we're going to do a whole thing on sponsors soon about the uh, about uh, our... Either on a website, well, we'll do it on the website too, but we'll do it on Facebook to announce who all of our sponsors are and give them all huge shout-outs. But Ryan and Marcy, they're awesome. Just wanted to say, SFRC, you're one of my favorites. And I'm there all every week. So, <laughs> And then on Sunday, did go to the range, but we didn't do any shooting. We tried a, the, we tried a new setup for the range. Basically, we're trying to figure out um, backers and different things on how to set up ranges if we needed to bring our own target stands and that so we spent the whole entire day doing that no shooting whatsoever and it was freaking cold too i don't know what it is our weather has gotten crazy we're back to rainy crappy weather so that, that was full of it man it it doesn't stop raining it we haven't stopped raining anyways so that's it that's all that i did in guns so let's do upcoming events and trevor why don't you cover the uh seventh annual podcasters charity shoots and we can figure out where we are at okay that's going to take place on july 8th guelph rod and gun club in guelph ontario it's going to be hosted by the canadian patriot podcast and the international liberty of death podcast this year's charity is many to one go to many hyphen one uh, dash is that a dash or a hyphen thought about this all last week after the show it's a dash it's not a hyphen no many dash two dash one dot org and that that actually yeah i can see you thinking about that all day totally keeps you up at night doesn't it it sure does (laughs) all right matthew how many spots are available for the uh, for latchy course still same as it was last week so we got four for day one and zero for day two okay i thought that had changed so if so do you want to tell people about it? Sure. It's yeah. uh, If you want to come to day two, too bad. If you want to come to day one, you can. There's still four spots available. Uh, it's in Alberta, uh, July 15th and 16th. Well, 16th is day two, so you can't come to that one because it's full. But uh, you can email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com to, uh, to register, and it will be held at the Bonneville Range that's north of Edmonton, Alberta. So if you're in that area and you want to learn how to shoot pistols with Trevor and Matthew, then come on out and we'll edumacate you. Sorry about that. Rod Takas says hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Rod. <laughs> I wonder if his ears were burning. Probably. Anyways, okay. And there's going to be a pub night on Thursday night, too. But you guys have but decided... But that was written in italics, so we weren't supposed to read that. So there's that, <laughs> <laughs> you talked about it last week. <laughs> and then we put it in italics. <laughs> oh, we're just messing. It's all right. Yeah, there, there's going to be a pub uh, night and stuff. But we'll, no. when we, when all that, no, maybe not. Whatever. When it all gets nailed down, we will announce it. What's going to happen? Is there going to be corn? That's the biggest there, question. I hope there's corn. There better be corn. <laughs> corn. <laughs> uh. All right. Second annual Ronnie DeGroot Steel Challenge at the Rustigouche Gun Club. It's going to be June 3rd, 10 a.m. It's going to be $200 and approximately 250 rounds. Uh, the steel, it's steel Challenge stages and Steel Shoot-Off competitions. That's what's written. Anything else you want to talk about about that? Um, no, just that I've been contacted from some people who haven't come to shoot at our range before who are buying into the idea that this is for everyone. You don't have to be an Ipsit guy or girl. 
It's good. The emphasis is going to be on fun. Um, Can so you bring new, your dog? No, you may not bring your dog to a live gun range. But, um, yeah, so uh, Mark from Fredericton, he sent a message. He's asking about it. He, of course, he also wanted to know if there would be any uh, festivities at the Frelate Savoy compound after or before or during. And it's like, of course there will be. So, yeah. If you're coming from out of town, uh, we're also going to have people over at the house for, you know, barbecue and Cards Against Humanity and whatever other kind of shenanigans we can get ourselves into. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I guess it's just encouraging to be contacted from people who haven't come up before, who haven't shot this kind of sport before that want to come out and, and use this as an opportunity, you know, to try some kind of shooting sport with a pistol. So emphasis on fun. Come on out. Give it a try. All, all, all are welcome. All right. Uh Matthew, do you want to talk about uh, the BTSA? The BTSA is the Buffalo Target Shooters Association. They're going to have some young gun shoot contests in Alberta. Uh, so, uh, there's a bunch of them. You should go on their Facebook page and uh, <laughs> check it out and sign up if you want. And it's going to be a good time to take some kids out and shoot some turkeys and pumpkins and snowshoes and, and, and stuff. Rabbits. Yeah, rabbits. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then we have the Meaford Long... Uh, the Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge, the PRS match, and it's going to be uh, running September 1st to the, the 3rd at the Canadian Forces Base Meaford. Registration is open now, and you can find them on Facebook for, and get more details there. So go on there and check that out. Um, and does anybody know about the Canadian Sporting Clays? Not a thing. Not a thing. All right. It is <laughs> going to be in Brandon, Manitoba, apparently, and Ducks Unlimited is doing it. It's CNSCA. Registry. You need to be registered by May 7th, so check them out as well, Canadian uh, Sporting Clays. I think Adriel probably put that in. What do you guys think? Sure. Mm-hmm. Or Jason Phelps emailed it to us, one or the other. If it's Canadian Mer- Shooting Splays, play, whatever. If it's that stuff, it's usually <laughs> J- <laughs> Jason Phelps. Sporting Clays. Sporting Clays. Sporting Clays. Yes. All right. Um, and the next one, Trevor. What? <laughs> I don't know uh, either. I'm loading mags. Yeah, it's I the three gun matches thing. Adriel usually leaves a list oh, and he well, didn't, so yeah. we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. And then the Rusty Goose Gun Club raffle. Oh, yeah. There's a Savage yeah. Axis for sale yeah, so or raffle. Trevor talked about I, that. I posted the information on our Facebook page two weeks ago. Forgot to talk about it on last week's show, but of course, Byron who buys tickets on everything, was the first one to send an EMT. So it's like always, um, if you want to buy tickets, you can send an EMT to the rest of gun club at gmail.com. Uh, tickets are five bucks a ticket, or I forget what a book is. I'll have to uh, get the information for the show notes, maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's the Savage Axis in 2225, apparently. I forgot to put a zero on the end of the show notes. So it's 22250. Oh, it's a 22250. Uh, no, no, you nailed it. <laughs> it's a new caliber. It, it says a lot shorter than the 22250. It unfortunately doesn't. It's not an Axis 2 with an Accu trigger, uh, but it is a stainless steel Savage Axis. It nice. comes with a soft case with lots of pockets and a shoulder strap and um, reinforced tip for your muzzle. And, of course, the uh, Axis, like most of them, does come with a, uh, a Bushnell scope on it. So, yeah. Nice. For $5, yeah. hey, that's a good deal. And you can put in an AccuTrigger, right? Your chances of winning go up with every ticket that you buy. Hmm. Yes. And it only, but it only takes one. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, science and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, my tickets are downstairs. 
anyway, so All hopefully right. uh, if you're interested, you could always email the rest of gun club at gmail.com and, and it goes straight to my phone and then I'll find the tickets and I'll answer you and stuff. Excellent. All right. Well, the new segment is pretty light tonight. Yep. Nothing. There's nothing in, no nothing news. In it. Nothing happened uh, this week. Nothing at all. What what really uh, happened was Adriel wasn't on, and he populates this too. And and none of us have, none of us did. So we. Adriel, yeah. no, we missed it's Adriel's you. fault because he wasn't on. So you guys can send hate mail. It's I believe it's Adrielmisho at gmail dot com. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Keep talking. Okay. Keep talking. Why? Keep talking. <laughs> just, just keep killing time for a second. All right, so we're killing time. Killing time is awesome. Love killing time. Trevor's doing some stuff. Don't know what oh, he's doing, he's, but uh, he's swapping he's some things around. All right. So Very how about some listener feedback, Kelly? Well, why don't we go to the main topic first? Okay. Because the feedback <laughs> was in the main topic section. Mr. OCD. <laughs> Couldn't let it go. We all no know way. what was happening, but Trevor had to fix it. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's do the main topic then. And joining us now, we have Mark Morelli from the Canadian Gun Vault. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Not too bad. How you doing tonight? Can't complain. Um, we just thought we'd have you on tonight and uh, and kind of find out a little bit more about this Canadian Gun Vault thing you got going on. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how you got started with this Canadian Gun Vault thing, what it is, and, and what you're hoping to do with it. Well, you know what... Uh... It started off with simple photography, and, uh, you know, of course, I've always had an active interest in firearms, and uh, what I started to do was just take some pictures. After I'd retired uh, from uh, 20 years of law enforcement, I decided that I was going to uh, attempt to do something I really enjoyed for a living. I like photography. I've always had, uh, you know, an affection for firearms, you know, their use, and uh, the engineering and the history, and so uh, I started taking uh, photographs of the, uh, the firearms, uh, and... Uh, People began to enjoy them uh, very much so that uh, I started an Instagram page, and it sort of evolved from there. And uh, it became uh, something I never expected it to be. It, uh, it became something that uh, of a fascination for a number of people, and uh, they started flocking to it in large numbers. And uh, you know, it, it's a snowball from there. It, uh, it's gradually evolved into a bit of a political platform, and uh, you know, obviously a place where you know, it just can come to appreciate firearms, and new people can come to learn about firearms and. Uh, what started as a place where I could uh, showcase the Canadian firearm community uh, gradually uh, became something much more than that. It, uh, it appears to have uh, given a voice to the uh, Canadian, you know, uh, firearm community, uh, and that for me has uh, been very exciting because that's something I think has been lacking uh, in uh, several decades uh, of my involvement with the firearm community. It's, uh, it seems to be an area where they're there seemed to be a deficiency. There didn't seem to be an active uh, voice uh, that was reaching out to the public and educating them, and uh, that's uh, that's what's become. Okay, so where did you initially start? Like, was this on Facebook? Was this on Twitter? What? How did you? How did you sort of initially no. start? Uh, you know what? Uh, someone introduced me to Instagram. I, I of course, was uh, part of that Facebook generation, and I'd, uh, I'd given up on that. Uh, not that uh, there's anything wrong with Facebook, but uh, I, I've been introduced to Instagram because it seemed to be a lot more simple, uh, you know, format, and uh, you would post the pictures and people would like them and, uh, and kind of move on. It, uh, it wasn't cluttered up with, uh, with too much material, and, uh, you know, it, it was not the kind of thing that I wanted to gravitate to initially, but uh, obviously it's the fastest-growing social media on the planet, and uh, it reaches uh, quite a few people, and uh, I found that over time it, it just seemed to be a terrific uh, way to, uh, to reach the public and to ed- educate them you know, about uh, what it is that the Canadian firearm community is all about. 
and uh, and that's uh, that's something of a message I think needs to be delivered, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying doing it. So you just basically started off with just taking cool pictures of, of your guns and it just kind of got popular from there. And then, so I, I'm actually not really familiar with Instagram. So you can like leave comments and whatnot as well. And so you can sort of maybe start introducing. Yeah, yeah, well, well, you know, initially it was, you know, just the pictures. And of course people can, uh, you know, caption pictures. And, uh, and then our, uh, people that are on Instagram you know, can be invited uh, as your friends and or will notice your account if you're a public account and uh, and join the group. And uh, they're able to leave comments if they like things and uh, discuss things. It, 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 usually it's not much more than just a caption and uh, you know maybe a few comments, but uh, on my Instagram page it seems to have developed into almost a full-blown forum at times where people can discuss, you know, uh, firearms, the history of firearms, the evolution of firearms, you know, their the references in pop culture, it's its just become much more of a social space than I expected it to. I thought it would be a place where people would just come and, and see the pictures and perhaps get a better understanding of what it is that uh, people that recreationally enjoy firearms do. Uh, and I think that's been one of the largest problems the community has faced is that general public uh, you know, has kind of been shut out in some ways. I mean, if you're not directly involved with uh, the firearm industry or if you don't recreationally shoot, uh, you might not know what goes on uh, on the ranges or, you know, in, in, in the world of, uh, you know, hunting or recreational target shooting or a competitive shooting. And so, uh, you know, giving people the opportunity to see that, uh, I, I never realized that people would take such an interest. I mean, it, it started growing at a rate of about 1,000 to 2,000 every week, um, you know, once, the, uh, once I had managed to... Um, develop a following of you know, 500 or 1,000 followers, it, it just detonated. Uh, I, I couldn't believe uh, how well people were responding to it. Uh, you know, and then it began to uh, grow, uh, you know, exponentially, and, and then it, uh, it just stayed at a rate of about 2,000 a week every week for, for about six months, and it's just been this, uh, this steady influx of uh, new people, uh, people that you know, are familiar with firearms, people that have never handled firearms. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I always thought that Instagram was a place for very young people, but uh, as it turns out, um, you know, there, there definitely are, uh, there's a large demographic that's covered in it. I have had, uh, you know, 77-year-old grandfathers trying to convince their grandkids to show them how to get on so that they can see what's going on on this Instagram page. And, and, see, and Trevor, you're really not too old for Instagram. Response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, Go ahead. Well, no, you know, I, like, I, for me, it's been it's been really exciting. I mean, uh, the idea that, uh, that that the public would be afforded an opportunity to to see what it is that we do, see what it is that we love about firearms. I mean, I, I think I think it's that lack of understanding of of what it is we're doing, and, and maybe a poor uh, public image. Uh, you know, that, that's the result of you know uh, media releases that always uh, you know kind of dictate that firearm use is, is a bad thing. Uh, when you read the newspaper that someone's used a firearm illegally, uh, there always seems to be a, uh, you know, that negative connotation uh, obviously connected to that. But there's a, a very large number of Canadians that actually really enjoy firearms, much the same way that many people enjoy golf or fishing, uh, you know, any other recreational uh, activity that people find therapeutic. So it's, 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 it's really given, uh, you know, me a fantastic place to kind of express myself, you know, through the photography and, and kind of um, showcase the community. And at the same time, it's, it's been a terrific tool to educate the public about, uh, you know, the, the difference between criminal activity and, and use of firearms and this legitimate community. Just, 
growing uh, again exponentially. Like, I mean, there's there's more people now apparently uh, shooting guns recreationally in Canada than golfing, which uh, you know I've heard and I actually believe. I'm seeing this terrific uh, increase in the number of people, new shooters, uh, that are showing up at the ranges. I mean, I, I shoot all over southern Ontario and the, uh, <clears throat> the grouping of people that uh, that I spend the bulk of my time with have noticed it as well. Uh, I understand that the uh, number of firearm applications has just gone through the roof. Um, you know, every year it seems to go up, uh, you know, 14.9% in 2015, 23% in 2016. I imagine 2017 is going to be another big year. I mean, uh, people are really enjoying this activity. They're yeah, hopefully that would, that would be exciting about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'd be great if we uh, got, got a, a nice another boost in uh, firearms licenses this year. I mean, as we've always said that here in the show, is that the, the best way to retain our rights is to get more people involved. you got to have people involved because when you're the minority of something, it's very easy to get shut down. So um, you, you, you started off on Instagram. Did you move over to any other medias like uh, YouTube or anything well, like that? Yeah, well, we did. We did move on over to YouTube. Uh, you know, we uh, we started the, uh, a YouTube channel in uh, in early December, and it's uh, it's gradually grown to uh, to about about five thousand subscribers now. And it's it's growing quickly. We're steadily growing at uh, you know in, in the rates of a hundred a day now. Uh, and I, I've noticed this kind of progressive uh, growth pattern. And, I mean, it's uh, we've had a couple of videos go viral, and uh, people are definitely starting to uh, to see us and to, to recognize us in the community as a, as, a, as a voice for Canadian firearm owners, which is which is really pleasant, you know, to uh, to be that guy. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, at the same time, it, it affords me a great opportunity to meet a lot of people and uh, and to enlighten you know a lot of people. I, you know, one of the mandates of the Canadian Gun Vault because it's it started off as Instagram and it became you know, uh, you know, uh, something something that we started on YouTube, uh, but in between, you know, we always we always knew that introducing new shooters to the activity was going to be like intrinsic and uh, you know, an improvement uh, of, of public image, uh, you know, for the firearm community and, and changing attitudes. And that, that's something that we've, we've accomplished. Every week, we get new people out shooting. We, we love introducing new people to the sport, uh, you know, and changing minds. Uh, sometimes part of that, you will get people that will. We're going to not show up at the range uh, with, with, you know, maybe not the, the perfect mindset to uh, to enjoy recreational shooting. But uh, by the time they're done shooting, with, you know, the Canadian Gun Vault crew and uh, and the people that we associate with, uh, usually they leave with a really positive experience and 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 they want to come back. And more often than not, I'm seeing more more and more people are getting their licenses, which is really encouraging. And, so, uh, so there's a there's you know, a so, so, sorry, there's a, there's a Canadian Gun Vault crew, is there? There's more than just one of you. You know, I, I, call, I call them the crew. It's, it's funny, you know, people have called me the Canadian Gun Vault. I kind of laugh. I, 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 it started off as the Canadian Gun Vault. I really kind of would suggest to you that it's the entire firearm community. Uh, you know, like it's it's everybody, and it's it's all the fantastic personalities that I get an opportunity to meet the range. I mean, that's there there really is no you know one type of person that gravitates towards this activity now. I mean, we we have people in this this grouping, uh, you know, like my my closest friends, the founding members, if you want to call them that, that uh, that spend you know the bulk of their time uh, out shooting with us. Uh, you know, there 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 are people that train horses, there are doctors, there are lawyers, you know, there. There are people that uh, you know you wouldn't expect 
you know, stay-at-home moms, uh, you know, uh, people that uh, work in factories, social workers, you know, uh, paramedics, firefighters. I mean, it's it's people from all different walks of life. And, and you know, the, the crew, I call them the crew, uh, you know, they're, they're very dear, close friends of mine, and they, they really do buy into the philosophy that, uh, you know, we've got to change attitudes in order to get some improvement in the legislation. I mean, uh, traditionally, we've worked backwards. Uh, you know, expensive legislation that really doesn't have any impact on the criminal element, and and uh, we want to change that. You know, we've been governed by a body of laws that is the, uh, the Firearm Act and regulation within that Firearm Act that doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. And uh, it seems strange to me that so many people think that this Firearm Act is, is completely uh, a senseless, uh, you know, uh, body of regulations that could be a lot simpler and, and a lot more effective uh, in many ways. And, and ultimately, uh, it doesn't target the correct group. You know, I keep on uh, I keep on preaching very uh, very clearly. That there has to be a distinction drawn between the legitimate firearm community and and criminal activity. Uh, they're they're two distinct groups. Uh, one does not engage in the others the others uh, field of, of activity. And, yep. and so you've got you know legitimate gun owners that are doing their thing and they're enjoying peacefully uh, you know recreational activity that may. Uh, may not appeal to everybody, but I'm, I'm noticing more and more people are catching on. It's it's really it's really exciting to see how many people are uh, coming into the fun we're having out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, are there any uh, sort mm. of causes that you've sort of taken up to sort of like? Do you have like any pet projects that you're working on that uh, that you're kind of educating people on to kind of help uh, get people to understand that that the, the Firearms Act maybe isn't the most sensible piece of legislation in existence. Well, you know, obviously we're using YouTube as, as a bit of a platform, uh, you know, to let to let people know some of the deficiencies. I, I use I use the Instagram account quite often uh, to let people know that uh, there's a, there's a lot of places uh, where there could be uh, some improvement. Um, you know, historically, again, uh, some of the laws that have been generated make no sense, and and. Uh, when I when I talk about things specifically, like the 12-6 class, uh, it would be a great example. You know, you've got this uh, class of small pistols. Uh, they're uh, short barrels on these pistols. They're less than, you know, four and a half inches. Uh, up until 1995, you could own those types of pistols with uh, a regular handgun license, but then they broke them into a, a different category, uh, along with a number of other different types of firearms were placed into different categories, some of which you couldn't even leave the house with. So, I mean, areas like that, uh, you know, the idea that you would trust me to own the gun, but you wouldn't trust me to take it to the range. You know, I, I think that, you know, outwardly it looks like almost a, a malicious effort to, to kind of uh, punish gun owners. I mean, if, if they're allowed to own it, why wouldn't they be allowed to operate it? Uh, you know, with areas like that, there's, there's a certain grouping of, of firearms that uh, people were enjoying quite, uh, quite peacefully and, and, and legally up until about 1995, and uh, suddenly they were restricted to the point where you weren't allowed to leave the house with them. You know, like areas like that, you know, uh, I think we need to change. I think that if you if you own it and you're not allowed to enjoy it properly, uh, the way it was designed to be enjoyed uh, and intended to be enjoyed, and then you bought it as either a collectible or something that you want to you know enjoy shooting at the range, uh, to have the government kind of step in arbitrarily and say that, oh, we'll allow you to keep it, but you can't operate it and enjoy it. Uh, that that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense whenever. Yeah, you you look at some of the the pistol calibers that have been banned, the the 32 and the 25. You can't tell me that I'm perfectly yeah. safe and and capable of taking my nine mil to the range and shooting it safely, but I can't take my 25 to the range and shoot it safely. You're, I mean, there's there's some sort of disconnect in logic there. 
There, there absolutely is. And in fact, I, I could tell you that, you know, certain, uh, you know, if, if you understand the calibers, I mean, 32 is a, is a much uh, lower power cartridge than an nine millimeter. You've got some guns, they're, they're identical guns. Uh, they're, yep. they're dimensionally the exact same gun. One's 32 and one is 380. And then the 380 is, is, is a slightly more powerful cartridge. The 380 is, uh, you know, acceptable for use and ownership with a restricted license where the 32 is not. Uh, I mean, they're, there are so many areas in FireMac that, that are fraught with ambiguity and, and you know, unclearly defined terms. I mean, there, there, there's just so many areas. Like, if I if I had to uh, honestly uh, say that you know the FireMac was, uh, you know, at all effective, I, it really does need to be uh, scrapped, rethought uh, completely uh, in order to, to execute, uh, you know. That that piece of legislation properly. Yeah, yeah uh, I agree. The the only yeah, the only thing that I see in the Firearms Act that I have any sort of agreement with is mandatory safety training. That's it. Because that's the Absolutely. only thing that's been proven to be effective. That Nothing else yeah. has been proven empirically to be effective, but mandatory safety training has been proven to, to, be, to, to help reduce the number of accidental injury with firearms. Yeah, you know, I mean, and storage certainly, certainly the storage laws, you know, make a lot of sense to me. I mean, as a as a former police officer, I mean, I, these are these are subjects that sometimes make me very popular with, with certain segments of the firearm community. You know, the uh, the firearm community has felt, uh, I'm sure, and I can't speak for everybody, but I, I've seen I've seen enough people talking about it, and I've spoken to enough people over the years, and <clears throat> the general consensus seems to be that uh, you know the firearm community has been marginalized terribly, uh, you know, and has been blamed, you know, for for firearm-related violence. Uh, when in fact, statistically, they're just not involved. Uh, you know, like I mean, it's it's, and I've said this before, it's it's like you know trying to blame somebody that drives a car to work every day that drives the speed limit. Uh, you know, if somebody else out there who steals a car, who never had a driver's license to begin with, goes out and you know, crashes. Um, it would be uh, more than unfair. It would just be senseless to yeah. start to regulate, you know, good, good drivers. Uh, you know, the firearm communities had to deal with laws that uh, have been generated that affect them and just not not the criminal elements that are out there and, and it's left people with a really bad taste in their mouth. So when I say that storage laws make sense, sometimes that makes me unpopular with some people, but uh, I can tell you that uh, as a former police officer, storage laws make sense. Uh, you know, we don't... We don't necessarily want to have, uh, you know, uh, guns laying around houses. To have them locked up properly, I think, is, is probably a good idea. Yeah, I don't have a problem with some of the, the safe storage yeah. laws. The ones that make sense are, are yeah. fine with yeah. me. I don't see why we have to have yeah. two sets of storage laws, one for restricted and one for non-restricted. That makes no sense. I think if a firearm's disabled yeah. or or locked up, that's that's fine. And whether I don't I don't see my my AR being double locked as being more safe than my um, PAR just being single locked, right? They're both essentially the yeah, same no, firearm. No. One's semi-auto and one's pump, but whatever. It's the same gun, basically, and, and it's okay to just leave one with a trigger lock, but the other one has to be trigger locked and locked in a lock case. I, I don't, I, again, there's a bit of a disconnect there, I think. Either it's safe or it's not safe. It's not safe. Yeah, no, you got it. And I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that could see some change. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that currently are going on that make very little sense to me and i would suggest to you that uh you know there's there's a lot of uh a lot of talk regarding you know those beowulf magazines uh you know that that's they're, they're, again there's there's so many exceptions and exemptions and and over the years there's been so many different interpretations of the laws uh i mean it's really been uh, tough for the legitimate firearm owner to kind of navigate through this uh, sea of, of, 
of uh, horribly thought of, uh, poorly executed uh, laws. And mm-hmm. so to, to have people to have people be unsure whether or not they're even in compliance. You know, I, uh, I certainly. I certainly was one of those people that bought uh, a couple of Beowulf magazines because I had hoped to purchase a, a actual 50 Beowulf AR-15 one day. And so I, you know, I was one of those people that went out and got themselves a magazine before I'd even bought the gun. And I was told that, you know, that was, uh, that was okay. And that those were, were legal magazines to own. And, you know, there was, uh, there was music from the RCMP, uh, you know, saying that those were, you know, acceptable to use. And, and, you know, with, uh, with, Changes in times, uh, you know, somewhere along the way, uh, someone interpreted that those 50 Beowulf magazines were no longer, um, you know, acceptable the way they the way they had been pinned to five rounds for 50 Beowulf. Of course, people were, you know, putting 223 and 556 ammunition into them, uh, you know, and and initially, you know, the RCMP had said that, that was fine, but now it appears as though the interpretation of the law has changed, and now you've got, you know, some gun owners are aware of it, others are not. I, you know, I certainly had to call. Uh, you know, the firearms office for some clarification, and uh, you know the answer I got was uh, kind of senseless to me. Uh, but uh, but ultimately, you know the the new rule is is that you will pin it uh, so it will hold uh, no more than five rounds of of five five six, even if you were planning on using uh, fifty Beowulf, and that's that's kind of uh, unsettling uh, to hear because that was my whole purpose for. Uh, purchasing those magazines was so that I could use 50 Beowulf. So now I'm only able to load two rounds of 50 Beowulf, which may not sound like you know a, a big problem, but I mean, the law states that you can have five rounds of centerfire ammunition in, in those magazines, and I bought that rifle specifically for that purpose, and now I'm limited to two, which, you know... Uh, yeah, they shouldn't be like discriminating against you just because you want a bigger caliber. I mean, that, that really, the law states you're allowed to have five, and so you should be allowed to have five. Period. That's and, and, and speaking and speaking of the lawyers, they would tell me that that's okay because I have I have consulted the uh, you know, CCFR lawyers who told me that as long as you're using uh, you know five rounds of fifty Beowulf in a uh, in a magazine that is, is designed for that purpose and is used for that purpose and has only been marketed for that purpose and not any other. And if you're using the correct caliber in concert with that magazine and, and in that configuration, it should be allowed. And yet, when I consult the uh, chief firearms office, they're telling me no, uh, that that's not. And and the logic gets even crazier when you start to discuss. Well, has there been a change of law? No, there hasn't. Is what I was told. Uh, well, there has been a change in of the interpretation of the law. And so, when we delve into it a little bit further, it, it would appear as though somebody's interpretation of the current law has changed, and they they have kind of determined that the original. Uh, purpose of the AR-15 magazines is to uh, to hold 223, and therefore all AR-15 magazines are designed for 223 and have to be limited to five. And, and that's not the case with uh, uh, the press check uh, ventures magazines that are that are available. Those were designed specifically for the purpose of 50 Beowulf, and they're stamped as such. And there's really no parts that they share in common with the you know the original design magazine. So they're specifically designed for that intended. Uh, purpose and that ammunition, and I'm still not able to use that, which to me uh, kind of flies in the face of, of common sense. I mean, I'm using the correct ammunition uh, with that magazine and the correct gun, and I can't have five rounds, which is what the law dictates, and yet I'm being told that if I do so, I might be in contravention of the criminal code and the, the Firearms Act, and I, I could potentially face charges, which, you know, it's kind of sad when, you, when you've got uh, someone who's uh, obeyed the law their entire life and is having trouble trying to determine whether or not 
he's going to be breaking the law if he uh, makes a decision that seems to make uh, total sense to me, but uh, based on somebody else's interpretation, uh, it's it may be a problem potentially. And yeah, so, that's a, it's a really you know, good. Uh, yeah, that's a really good example of the of the law persecuting the non criminals, which we find again and again happens with with the firearms laws uh, in Canada anyway. Well, you know, if if criminals are obtaining their firearms through illegal means, whether they're smuggled in from the U.S. or they've somehow obtained them, other than through the legitimate channels, it makes it makes zero sense to me uh, why you would. Uh, gear laws that only have an impact on the legitimate firearm. The, the people that obey the laws uh, are not the ones uh, that are committing the crimes. So if the laws don't impact the criminal element, I don't know why there seems to always be this focus on, on legitimate firearms. It's, uh, it's, it, it very much looks like they're the scapegoat uh, and, and what people often refer to as the low-hanging fruit for the politicians. Exactly, and I think that's what it is, too, right? The, the, the politicians need to look like they're doing something useful. Whether or not they're actually being useful is up for debate, but they need to look like they're doing something so that they get voted back in. So they just do the easiest thing they possibly can. And, you know, I mean, that's that's just human nature, I guess. Well, I've always kind of been of the opinion that they've duped the general public into believing that they've done something productive uh, and, and done something to improve public safety, when in fact they have not. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you're not if you're not if you're not generating laws that address the the real issue of crime involving guns, then you really haven't you really haven't accomplished anything other than uh, perhaps inconveniencing uh, the lives of, of good people, uh, maybe hurting industry. You know, like yeah. I, I look. I look at how many people are caught up in that bailiff magazine. There are people that have businesses that are literally on hold because they're waiting for decisions from courts. Uh, the courts, there are pending court cases uh, that yeah. people are awaiting the outcome of to determine whether or not they can sell product that has been sitting on their inventory shelves. Uh, you know, there, there seems to be this constant changing uh, of the of the law, you know, based on interpretation, and that's. It's something of a stress that uh, you know, fire owners have to live with in this country. Is that at any moment, uh, you know, somebody may change the law based on a new interpretation, which is really, I think, uh, the real deficiency is that, that, that it's not clearly defined, and yeah. that's something that needs to change. I think I think the property rights need to change as well. I think we have to ensure that the you know uh, that the next government, the government after that, uh, that may influence whether or not the laws change. It can't affect uh, one person's ability to own uh, something that they've enjoyed uh, legally, and that, that's that's come up again. Uh, you know, in my life, I, I you know ordered a couple of AR-15 mowers uh, from the U.S. I was actually told I could uh, could own them, and, and now I'm being told that there's uh, there's a new standard that's being uh, you know imposed on fire owners. They're doing a review of all AR-15 mowers, and that. You know, some some of the older lowers and or lowers that may not meet this uh, standard of criteria uh, may be subject to a prohibition, which you know, means one of two things. It means I'll, I'll either not be able to keep them, uh, and or I'll be able to keep them but won't be able to use them. In which case, they're they're kind of useless. Uh, I mean, if you bought something to enjoy at the range, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about whether or not. Um, there could be a change in law that could affect your ability to lawfully enjoy that property. And yeah, we don't we don't often that, we don't often get very political on this show, but I can tell you that I've seen far more of these sorts of shenanigans and and reinterpretations of laws ever since the liberals came into power, and we saw very little of that when the conservatives were in. So it uh, it's really disheartening, like you said earlier. It's it's sad when it depends on which party is in power determines on whether or not your activities are legal or not. 
Yeah, certainly, certainly we had a more sympathetic year, I think, in the uh, conservative governments uh, in the last few terms. That's, that has changed, and, and you know, the liberal platform has always been uh, very much one of, of further restriction. And, and uh, you know, that, in addition to that, you have to deal with media releases like the uh, Canadian Medical Association release. I don't know if you guys heard about that one or not, where they uh, were saying that a... Uh, a child was injured every day in Ontario. Yeah, we, we uh, covered that one on the show. Uh, yeah, it, uh, that was yeah, that was oh, dumb. Oh, BB guns and airsoft guns and paintball guns all included. Yeah, yeah you cut those out. and It's like, know, oh, look at that. Hardly anybody yeah. ever gets injured. And, and 24-year-olds. Apparently 24-year-olds are children, according to that study. Yeah. Because a gang yeah, a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they could they must qualify as children, right? I, I know I... I to see to see that kind of uh, completely irresponsible release, uh, I mean, uh, from the media, the media should have definitely looked into that a little more carefully. Oh uh, no, come the on! The I media mean, is all left-leaning well, yeah, liberal. It was exactly They're what not. they wanted. Yes, that's what they wanted to report. They wanted to say that so that they could drive sales. Oh, yeah. They didn't have to make up oh, yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> the drama, it was already in there for them. It didn't need a, a, yeah. a media bias twist. It came to them with a media but bias that, twist. But that's, and, and again, and that's another another topic for another time, I think. But yeah, I mean, our media is severely biased. And when, when, when you can't even count on the one thing in the country that's supposed to be unbiased, and that's the news because it's supposed to just be facts, when you can't count on that, what can you count on? The story didn't happen in the States, but if it did, I know one guy with a bad hairdo that would describe it as fake news. Yep, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Good one, Trey. Uh, well, Mark, we're, we're rapidly coming to the end of our segment here, but why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you, uh, how they can subscribe, or how they can, uh, I don't know what you do on Instagram. Do you subscribe? Do you, I don't know what you do. So you go ahead and ex- describe where I, people can it, get a hold of you. And while you're at it, teach us how to use it, because this old guy just spent all of your interview trying to navigate Instagram, and <laughs> yeah, I guess that's okay. Right. I helped Joe. Yeah, you did a little bit, Kelly. Thank you. And by the way, holsters aren't pretty. Sorry, well, inside joke. It's not joke. the holster. It's, <laughs> oh, it's the X-Metal targets. I was oh. just talking about Unithong. That's all. Okay, good. Wow. Oh, that took that that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, sorry, sorry Mar- Mark. Oh, we lost Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah, we uh, we, we dropped did. the call there apparently. So I'm just gonna re-add him to the call here and uh, and get radio him goodbye to... ever. Yeah, that's, like, that's... all right. <laughs> These yeah, so... idiots are talking. I'm out. Yeah, we're. I'm just gonna hang up. Basically, is yeah. what he said. I'm I'm done. He's sending me texts oh, here. Oh, he's yeah, back. I, I Perfect. Him. So I don't know where we dropped you there, Mark. But but uh, I think uh, where we left off was tell us uh, tell us how to find you on the internet. Well, you know what? Uh, we're, uh, we're definitely on Instagram, on the Canadian Gun Vault Incorporated. We're on, uh, we're on YouTube. You can find us in the, uh, under the same header. And uh, we're on Facebook as well. I don't spend as much time on Facebook, but we're, uh, we're definitely there. And, uh, you know, those, uh, those are the three primary locations you can find us. And uh, we're going to be relaunching our website shortly is, uh, is another thing we have in the works. And so we're expecting that within the next few weeks. So. Cool. Nice. Excellent. Well, look, um, I, it was a pleasure having you on. We should have you on again sometime and talk more about some of these things. But uh, but for now, um, any any parting thoughts you want to leave our listeners with before we cut you loose? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been, uh, been a wonderful experience. We'll definitely have to do it again. And, uh, you know, I uh, encourage everybody to uh, take a look at what we're doing. And uh, certainly uh, the people that uh, are familiar with firearms, uh, come on by and take a look and see what the uh, legitimate Canadian firearm community is all about. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mark. We will talk to you later. Take care. And once again, we'd like to thank Mark for coming on tonight. Now let's do listener feedback. Are you happy? 
Yes, now I'm happy. <laughs> All right, because you're I'm getting my better. Version of happy. <laughs> I'm my youthful, unmedicated, happy self. All right, Matthew, you're up with Patrick G. Patrick G. He says, hello, gang. And uh, he says more. All right, there we go. Uh, I was checking to make sure I wasn't Jeez. muted. <laughs> oh, that was... Uh, so we have an awkward intro into listener feedback. It's a new thing. So, you know, we had an awkward goodbye, so now it's a new thing. Awkward intro to listener feedback. Right, sorry about that. This whole episode is awkward. Like, you just saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it like, is. It's like junior high all over again. Just I, I never went to junior high. What was junior high? All right, awkward. so Patrick G. Hello, gang. Just wanted to say I enjoyed the last episode. Congratulations to Kelly and her group for getting maple seed started in Canada. I'm looking forward to a maple seed event north of 60, especially with our long summer days. Just sad that it's not sooner. Mm. Thank you to Trevor for introducing me to Savage Made Lee Enfields many episodes ago. I recently- oh, wait, what? I'm not taking responsibility for introducing anyone to Millsurps. Yeah, it's too late, Trevor. <laughs> You yes, you yes. have done this. I recently bought a Savage Lee Enfield in great shape, but mine came with a bayonet. Nice. I have been holding my last comment back since December. Trevor, you need to man up and shave the other leg. We want that forgotten leg up to the knee. I think that we should also let Kelly determine when and how. I'm sure she has some creative ideas. Keep up the great work, gang. Two thumbs up. So... I'm not sure if he caught the whole video, but both my legs got shaved. To the knee. Both of them. Yeah, only to the knee, though. Well, that's what he said. To the knee. Up yeah. to the knee. So, yeah. Shaved the other leg up to the knee. So both my legs got shaved up to up to the knees, dude. Hmm. So maybe his video cut out? I don't know. Maybe. Is the hair growing back, though? The hair is all that's back. The ri- oh, really? Yeah, well, as I soon as the, the stalk arrived, stock. right? Yeah, and I rubbed the magpul stalk on it every day. <laughs> And it kind of exfoliates the skin and yeah. opens up the follicles, and it came back in. It, that actually is true, you know. Well, I'm going to start rubbing it on my head. <laughs> huh. uh, there's other things, too, like yeah, uh, manure you can put on the head. But anyways. Wow. Speaking of manure, somebody's full of it. <laughs> Do you want to read Spencer's? Because he's got two. Trevor? Oh, you're talking to me? Yes. Yeah, I'll take the more Spencer. No, no. You get the regular Spencer and then the more. You get all the Spencer. Yeah, all the Spencer is for you. Let me just magnify my my thing here so I can actually see it to read it. (laughs) Because I'm sitting across the room and stuff. Oh, oh, that's a bad sign. It's already been magnified. (laughs) He says, you know, after 40, your eyes go and stuff. Hey, guys. uh, It's been a while, but I thought I'd drop you a note with a cool piece of info I got at the NRA annual meeting. Which ha- which was here in Atlanta this year. One of our one of the other one of the places I stopped by was the FN booth to check out their new 509 pistol. This is supposedly the successor to the FN line, uh, although they say the FNS will still stay in production as well. The FNS line, yeah. Uh, to me, the uh, the 509 just looks like an FN, an FNS. Sorry, with. Um, just slightly changed ergonomics. Anyway, uh, oh, for, oh, actually, he goes on to say that very thing. From what I was shown, it's basically an FNS with tweaked ergonomics on the grip frame and a beefier top end, which means it won't fit regular FNS holsters. A little later, I stopped by Apex. So Apex makes trigger groups for a lot of polymer guns in the industry and some other stuff. A little while later, I stopped by Apex and noticed they had an FO9, a 509 uh, in their display. 
I asked the rep about it, and he told me that FN had asked them to make a trigger for the 509 and basically subsidize the work. I mentioned that I had a couple of FNS pistols and guessed that was the end of any chance they would ever make a trigger for them. He told me it was just the opposite. When they designed the trigger for the 509, they saw that there was no real difference between it and the FNS trigger, so they made it backwards compatible with that model as well. He thought this should be shipping sometime early this year. That's it for now, Spencer. So that's interesting because the story I heard was FN asked Apex to make a trigger for the FNS, and when they opened it up and saw the parts count, they just kind of laughed and said, no, we're good, thanks. So now they've been asked again to do it for the 509 and apparently are doing it. So that's interesting. Because as much as I love my FNS pistols, I don't think I've ever detail-stripped one, completely taken every part of the gun and reassembled it in under two hours. Now I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that... Dave Savigny could do it a lot faster than that. Some of the other pros who shoot FN. But it's um, a real pain to get all the pins and all the springs back into the little housing for the trigger box. It is something else. It's not that it's even complicated. It's tricky to hold the spring and get the pin into the spring. And I drop small parts a lot and stuff. So, Oh, there's a PS here. Yes, there is. PS. I'm still trying to figure out how the RCMP is banning 25-round Ruger magazines because of the Charger pistol. Well, so are we, Spencer. As far as I know, the Charger comes with either 10-round rotary magazine or 15-round BX-15 magazine. I've never heard of one shipping the factory with a 25-round magazine. And that's right. They don't sell it with a 25-round magazine, especially here in Canada. They only sell it with a 10-round magazine. Their rationale is that you can put the 25-round rifle mag into the pistol, and that will cause kittens all over the world to die. Well, here's so. Oh, never mind. No, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. No, that's that's all I had, really. Yeah, no, that's good. All good. Right. Good. You okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I had a little brain fart there. I was like, well, why are they allowing them being shipped with 10 rounds? Shouldn't they be five rounds? But no, no it's a pistol, not yes. a center fire rifle. Like I said, brain fart. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Carry on as if I said nothing. All right. Uh, happens. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. From Jeffrey. Hello. My name is Jeff, and I'm an American who loves your show. Well, thank you. I just saw a video on YouTube from the Rebel Media that spoke about the religious exemptions to firearms licenses that allows you uh, to not have a photo- photograph taken if you renew in person. This is supposed to be an exception to Section 14-1 in the firearms licensing regulation. According to the video's section 14-2 allows you allows for the ex- exception if you state your religion uh, does not allow you to be photographed and must also be signed by a religious official that the province allows to perform marriage ceremonies. I'd like you to comment on this. Thank you. Okay. I thought this was dispelled. And was just like propaganda that. Uh, well, the rebel media does do a little bit of that. Well, is this yeah. true or not? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, it's it, on the internet, so it must be. I uh, yeah, I think. Well, I thought like if Faith Goldie covered this story, and I thought within 24 hours she was being denounced. She, she did cover it. That's the the that's the YouTube video that he's talking about. But 
did either of you hear that this wasn't true? That this was fake I, news? I, this is the first I've ever heard of this period. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so you can't comment. Kelly, you, Kelly, you watch... saw the same threads I saw, though. I haven't seen all the threads, really. Okay. Quite honestly, I uh, I kind of... Because it was busy. all over CCFR. Yes, it was. So, right, so how about this? Uh, you can... Like, I was thinking about it from the point of view, like, you know, the Pastafarian. You can get your picture taken with a colander on your head. Yeah, your picture is taken, Kelly. Yeah, I know. But, and then there's other religions, too, that they were talking about, too. So, anyways, what's your what's your opinion? My opinion is the license requires a photo, and if your religion won't let you put a photo on it, you don't get it. I think that's, I think that is a good opinion. Uh, it's, it's, like an, if, it's an opinion, I guess. I don't know if it's a good I, opinion, I, but it's an I opinion. Just why why I, does a firearms license have to be a form of ID? Well, why, why do you have to have a firearms license? We could go all the way to that if we wanted to. You're certainly right. We could. But I'm right just playing now, devil's advocate like ab- I was Absolutely. Do, so, yeah. okay, absolutely. So, and uh, we here, need that. Here I am, right, with my, my firearms license, and I go into SFRC, and I hand them my firearms license to buy a restricted firearm, and it doesn't have my picture on it. Right. So you so, have to provide some sort of proof that you are who you are. So multiple so forms all, of ID, maybe. I so mean, there there are my, other and there none are of other the photo. And I was just going to say because sure. none of them yeah. have a photo. Yeah, I I get that, but there are there are other ways to prove that you are who you are other than than a picture. I mean, there's got to really? be. there there are there's got to be there's there's people out there who don't get their picture taken and they're allowed to have government ID. So there's got to be some sort of way for this to be valid. I don't know what it is, but there's got to be. Otherwise, fingerprint scanning. Sh- I don't know. Yeah. Put a fingerprint on the back of your license, and every, here's what you do: we don't take light, we don't take photos anymore. We take fingerprints, so we all get our fingerprints on our license. Everybody gets barcodes. But and, isn't well, technically a fingerprint a type of photo? <laughs> no, it's a print, it's an ink. Blot. Let me finish, yeah, and yeah, then you can enough. make fun of it. Sure. So no no photographs. You put a fingerprint in the back of your license, and that fingerprint is in the database. And when you get your fingerprint scanned, when you show your license. And then it says that, okay, the finger, and then, so you have to compare your print to the print on the license at the point of purchase. You're, you're on to something there. You really are. Uh, if fingerprint technology was 100%, then I would say mm-hmm. go for it. But here's the thing. Photographs aren't 100% either. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make fake IDs. It, I mean, look look at how reliable fingerprint my technology is, is now. Firm, my tongue is planted firmly in my cheek. Sure, sure. That, that's great. But, but there's a bit of seriousness to this because, look, I mean – iPhone sevens or whatever the next number is they're at now, they they use a fingerprint scanning to to let you into your phone, and that works very reliably. So why couldn't we do something similar? I mean, literally, you really could. I know you were being kidding, you were kidding about it, but it really could yeah. work. That being said, I think that you pretty much just have to have your picture on your license, and then this problem goes away. Yeah, but yeah. so again, if I can't, if if all right, I could take the hard stance and say you're not allowed to have your photo taken. This license requires a photo. You don't get a license. Well, now I'm discriminating against you because of your religion. Yeah. So does your religion... No, you're discriminating discriminating against them about their religion. You're discriminating against them on that discrimination. You're requiring them to have a photo. Right. And and if their reason for not giving me a photo is a religious one, then I'm saying you can't have a license because of your religious beliefs. Right. And you're the one that told me your... Right. You're the one that told me what your beliefs were. I didn't say, you know, you brought that to the argument, not me. Yeah. So uh, does your religion discriminate against having your fingerprint scanned? Right, so then you go so, from there. But yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I think that it's important. I mean, we have licenses for a reason, and I think it's important that that license does accurately identify the person holding it. And whether it's a photo or whether it's some other means, it's it's got to be done. That's the whole idea behind the license. And or, I think the, or we lose licensing and we go to background checks and we have to wait for a background check every time we buy a gun <laughs> yeah, instead of flashing a license. No. No. I know. No, none our, of license, that. our license is way better than a background check. Yeah. Well, our license is a background check. It's just proof that it's exactly. been done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, technically, every every store has in, well, probably every store has internet, whether or not it's reliable. But technically, you could just give somebody your name, and they could run it through the database. It could be really quick, but it might not be really quick either. Right. So. I mean, and we have to always, look. There's people out there that stomp their their feet and pound their chest and say that we shouldn't have this gun control and we shouldn't have that gun control. We live in a time and an era and a culture and a country where we are always going to have a form of gun control, always. Accept it, get over it, move on. We are never going to get rid of gun control 100%. Never going to happen unless it's a situation of anarchy and without rule of law. You're always going to have gun control. So try and minimize its impact and regulate it with some common sense. And licensing... We're always going to have licensing in this Canada. Licensing is never going in this country. It's never going to go away. So accept it and just try and make things like, well, let's have it for ten years, or let's have it not expire. Yeah, I like the, I like the non-expiry thing. That's a great idea. Right. You get or, your license let, and it's good until it's revoked. Period. Well, this is the way it should be. I totally yeah. agree. Because every time you pay to renew something that's that's yours, that's tax. Yeah. And taxation is theft. That's You're it. Paying, yeah, I have, to, <laughs> I have to keep paying for this stupid little card in my wallet every five years. My driver's license, I have to keep paying. My car registration, I have to keep paying. Those are taxes. And You're I already pay taxes. enough taxes. All right, that, that's a good rant. All Trev. right. Let's do this last one here. Yes, please. Somebody. <laughs> Trevor? <laughs> nope. Yep. Nope. I'll yep. do it. From RD. Hey, guys and gal, just a quick note to correct you on the A5. This is not a new design. This is the original semi-auto design from John Browning. I have a 1950s A1 with the same auto-load feature. I truly love this gun. Keep up the great work. I look forward to Friday just for the show. Also, good night, Kelly. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. I said that, you know. I know he wrote it, but I said it, so. I know. Good night, Matthew. Good night. Mm. Click. You're still sweet. <laughs> I thought I thought it was. That's why I made a point of asking Adriel, is this um a new thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, Adriel hasn't been around since nineteen fifty, so not like you. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Trying with that old thing again. Tried, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you'd like to call Trevor old or uh, tell us <laughs> that we <laughs> have said something wrong, uh you can send an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Trevor, you're not old. Not yeah. as old as you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right, Matthew. I went there. I live you, on the edge. You win. <laughs> you win. Yeah, well. All facts right. is facts, and science is science, and Kelly's older than I am. There you go. Yeah, I am. I but she doesn't look older, though. That's no, the exactly. Yeah. That's good She's in a hell of a I lot never told shape. you that. I never told you the story from Gallon. Yeah, okay. All right. Is oh, it you have a Gallon story? Yeah, but remember, can't say it on air. Okay, oh. iTunes review. Well, uh, no, just say goodbye. <laughs> no. See you next week, everybody. All right. We want to hear this story. Yeah, make with the yeah. story. No. Yeah. Hurry up already. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not record. I, I turned off the recording. Yes. Hmm. No. <laughs> All right, Beanpod. It's the new app for our Android. We're getting reviews on it. Did you guys know that? Well, I do now. Oh. 
Yeah, we got one. Technology. All right. <laughs> so it says, hey, guys, I'm posting a comment from Beanpot. Uh, keep up the hard work. Dan, the HK guy. Thanks, Dan, the HK guy. We will keep up. As hard of as work as we do, we'll continue it, which is not much, yeah. really. We will keep working as hard as we currently are. There, there you go. I like it. Yep. Uh, HK guy. Yeah. Do we know an HK guy? Well, Dan. No. All right. Dan's the HK guy. He, ju- he just said that. I know. <sighs> All right. Trevor, can you read this, please? What am I reading? From the iTunes review. Oh, from... Um, uh, Lasagna? Lasagna. Lasagna? Lasagna. 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 There you go. This is a Canadian review, and its title is Great Information. I've been listening to you guys for the past year, and you are awesome. Great job, and keep keep it up. Mike S. Two thumbs up. So we got four thumbs this week. Who's got four thumbs and is grinning like an idiot? This guy, and that guy, and Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> so we got five star ratings, uh, one hundred and forty nine of them. That was, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I said, yeah, said and forty nine. That's funny because I've been teaching the kids I work with how to say numbers without and all week, and, and they're starting to finally catch on. They're so sweet. I introduced decimals and threw them all off again. Had <laughs> <laughs> a boy. <laughs> so in Canada, we have a hundred and sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know it drives Trevor nuts. Uh, the U.S. is 30, Australia 1, 1 U.K., 1 Lithuania, and 1 Belgium. Uh, five-star mm. ratings. Mm-hmm. Chocolate. All right. Chocolate. What do we have for shout-outs? Um, I have one for Chad, who sent me a sandwich by the mail. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. That was the funniest How- thing I saw all day. How good is that sandwich? Do you think? Well, it wasn't bad. I mean, you ate it. Well, yeah, I oh, ate it, and then the I. Mail. But it's like a week old. Yeah, but, yeah, but it was so food. full of preservatives, oh, and it was yeah, food, it was and it was that. Um, but then on the label, I, I apparently it was an anal sandwich. <laughs> what? I, did, I don't. If you go look at the sticker, I, I don't think I want to. Go look at the picture. There's a sticker on the on the on the package that says rectal use only. So I ate it all wrong, apparently. <laughs> um, and he also sent me a castle nut, so That's I guess cool. it was really yeah. That is cool. And Chad's the, the best. Chad is the best. And to the uh, bestest folks at Matador Arms, thank you for putting a um, finishing my build with your AR15 style SKS mag release. That'll be the the coup de gras, the pièce de résistance, the That's icing cool. on the cake. Yeah, I can't wait to get that thing back with the cut down barrel. Oh, yeah, he's it's gonna so be neat. excited about getting his SKS back. You'd yeah. never thought anybody to say that, right? Yeah. I know, but it's not just an SKS anymore. No, it's, it's Trevor's it. SKS. That's right. It's so highly customized. Hmm. <laughs> it's it's not. It's hardly even bubbed. <laughs> hardly. That's the best. Yeah. Word there. Yeah. Now that the barrel's been cut, it's totally bubbed. Yep. <laughs> Front sight's gone. Barrel's cut. Threaded for a muzzle brake. It's badassery. It's pimped out. Before we move oh, on. It's not pretty. Matthew, you haven't put anything in, but I'd like to ask you, do you have any shout-outs? I don't. (laughs) Of course, now I'm going to give a shout-out to you for asking me if I had any shout-outs. See how the circle starts? (laughs) (laughs) Quickly turning into it. Never mind. Yeah. All right. right. Patreon supporters, we have a new one. Corey. Corey JB. 
Yay! Middle name and last names too. Corey JB. So thanks for supporting Patreon, and thank you to all our Patreon supporters because right now we are trying to get uh, Adriel to the charity shoot, and guess what? It worked. Did we do it? It worked. He got his ticket. He bought a ticket. Awesome! You guys are the bestest Patreons ever. He will be attending the charity shoot. He's going to take the red eye. Twelve thirty in the morning, and to six, yeah. To, he, that's a long. He wants flight. to make it in time for the Ragnarok tactical uh, carbine shoot thing. Yeah. Well, that'll yes. go well. He's gonna be wiped out. Nah, awesome. Red Bull and cocaine, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a thing. Huh. That is a thing. Well, yeah, right. I don't know if it's an Adriel thing. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, um, yeah. We're just going to move this along. Uh, please join one of our National Firearms Association, like the CCFR or the CSSA, uh, any of them really, because uh, they do support us. And uh, yeah, if they're supporting us, we should be supporting them. Also, get out to the range, take some new shooters out too, please, and that way we can spread the uh, the joy of shooting with people. Uh, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Uh, we have a thread there, but you know what? Comment on some of the comments. Don't let Trevor just make comments, please. Uh, also, like us on Facebook. We're I at lash one- out <laughs> when appropriate. I know. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on Facebook, we have 1,655 likes. Is that better, Trevor? That is much better. <laughs> All yeah, right. Said. Yeah. Okay. And then we're not going to read anything else because it's I an think this bit, this bit has run its course. I really well, like I know listeners that are tired of hearing it. I'm oh. tired of hearing it. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> Look, just put it in italics and it goes away. It did. Look at yeah. it. It's even bolded italics. Whoa. We Crazy. got four. Well, we got four thumbs up today, though. So. All right. Yeah. So we'll let, we'll just read the ones that we get. That just that like told. yes, just like the Patreon. We'll we'll read there the new one that comes in that week. But we're yeah. Yeah. All right. Because no. right. right. I guarantee you, they've already fast forwarded already. No, they, they know haven't. it's they know yeah they know it's over and they're we're into the gibberish. They're waiting. The they're waiting to see if there's an outtake. Is what they're doing. They're they're fast forwarding through the song to see if there's an outtake at the end. So right. we'll see if there no. is or not this week. I think there will be. There might be. Hmm. Will mm. there? I could make one. You certainly could. <laughs> uh, I am an outtake. Yeah, you are. <laughs> All right. On that note, good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Joining us now, we have Mark. Oh my gosh, I hate you. I hate you so much. You don't even know how much I hate you right now. We have this thing where we like to interrupt each other <laughs> right when we start something. <laughs> yeah, it, we'll, we'll get it. Uh, all right, here we go. We're going to start this again. Trevor, shut up. <laughs> That's an outtake, you by the way. You notice he didn't say, Kelly, shut up. I can already tell I'm going to like working with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Shh.